Welcome to Artificially Intelligent, a podcast about building an AI startup in public using AI. I'm your host, Jacob Anderson, and joining me over the next eight episodes is my boss, Colin Gray, founder of Alitu. On this episode, I dropped the bombshell. Colin has no idea what I'm doing or what we're recording, but he's agreed to do it. I'm going to tell him my idea, ask for his help, and get stuck into whys and whats. It's going to be rough around the edges, but lots of fun. So subscribe and follow me on Twitter at It Was Jacob. Let's get into it. Hi, Colin. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? I do I, I, anything and everything. <laughs> uh, I founded the podcast host uh, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, uh, turned it into, well, created Alitu as well, which is our podcast maker app. Uh, mm-hmm. And these days just try and run those companies as, as best I can, I suppose. <laughs> done a pretty good job. Um, I should say I'm also the head of growth at Alitu. <laughs> <Indeed. laughs> um, so yeah, so this is your first introduction to what we're going to yeah, be so doing I've here. I've no idea what secret. you're doing. Yep. <laughs> well, the point of this is to document a sort of journey of going from absolutely nothing to mm-hmm. maybe having a side project that has legs that could one day turn into a startup. And the the fun in sort of floating quotation marks is that it might be the thing that makes me quit my job, which is funny oh, because nice. you're my boss. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, but that's the whole plan, isn't it? You may, you you hopefully build people on your team who go on to do bigger and better things than you ever expect. So uh, yeah, that's. Uh, would be a good goal if that happens except not that's in the next it. 10 years yeah that's the that's no the not the 10 years <laughs> no no <laughs> um yeah and i really just want to keep this nice and raw and just kind of share every little failure every little win um because i'm i've i've, I've done a little bit of work these past few weeks to give myself a bedrock but mm-hmm. i've really no idea what i'm doing so um <laughs> you're also here you're here as like an accountability partner someone that i can come to every two weeks and give an update nice. to but okay. also, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be squeezing you like a lemon for all your experience too. So you can share that with the audience. <laughs> all right, I'll, uh, my best. Here's a bit of pressure here, but yeah, that was so oh, good. Years of experience. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, cool. not that many years. I'm not that old. Oh no 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 no, I'm not at all. <laughs> experience. Yes, I am. We'll leave it there. Exactly. Um, cool. Uh, so this is this podcast in of itself is an experiment. Um, what I want to do with it is sort of tackle one big question. How can indie hackers and the sort of building public community use podcasting to be accountable? Um, Mm -hmm. Like if you can find one other person that's willing to spend 25, 30 minutes with you every couple of weeks, is this a platform that you can use that's maybe not tied to a social media platform, it's content that you own, um, that you can use to, you know, keep up motivation with your work and what you're working on, but also build a bit of an audience for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. as we watch Twitter sort of circle around the drain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're at a particular time in history right now, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think podcasting has a really big part to play in it. Um, I think it will it will step up. Yeah, cool. indeed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the kind of shows that I like the best, actually. I've listened to so many shows which are kind of the same thing, which are generally it's two people who have an established business at least, or if not established, then at least kind of early stages talking about mm-hmm. the issues they're experiencing every single week. And um, yeah, it's, there's a, a maybe three, four shows like that that I listen to. So yeah, good idea. Let's try it. Yeah, cool. So one thing to say before we get stuck into the big reveal is um, this podcast is going to be entirely made with Alitu. So that's the company that Colin founded. It's the company where I'm the head of growth. Um, And using Alitu means that basically I can 
come in here, record, and press a button and put it to host. If I can manage to keep my perfectionist streak under control, that is really. So if I don't do loads of edits, all I need to do is come in here, record with Colin, and just put it live. It's pretty much the perfect tool for someone like an indie hacker, for someone um, that's focusing on building in public and you know putting th things out into the world, the perfect podcasting tool for you. Um, so if you are thinking about using a podcast as part of your content mix or for accountability like I am, um, then Alto is the perfect tool for you. And I'm sure we'll pop a little discount code somewhere in the show notes. Um, yeah, so... Let's, so let's get on where are we starting? Where are we starting? Where are we starting? On, We're going to start idea. with um, let's start with the idea, right? So I was, I was <laughs> kind of torn on whether or not it should be. I should give you a big detailed idea um, of what it is because I have a big detailed idea in my head, but mm -hmm. I kind of realised that's likely to change a million times. So there's actually yeah, probably yeah. no real point. So what I'm going to give you is the broad strokes mm -hmm. of the idea, and I'm going to give you the MVP in detail, mm -hmm. and that's what I'll focus on trying to create over the next sixteen weeks. How's okay. that sound? Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, cool. And what are you wanting from this then? So you said a bit of accountability, but yeah. is uh, wh what are the kind of um, main barriers you want to jump over? Hopefully, with the help of this, what's your what's the goal? I think it's um. Do, do you mean with the podcast specifically? Yeah, yeah. We're talking to me, asking me about it. Yeah, so talking to you, you have lots of experience, um, and I have I've worked with. Um, many business owners, many people have started things, and I think of all the people, um, I have found the most inspiration from you and your approach to starting companies and building products and how you've built um, something that people really, really want. So um, there's that. So I want, I, I, you know, I want, I want your experience. I think there's there's a lot that you can tell the people that are listening to. Um, but it really is very much accountability. I want, you know, have a two-week sort of check-in where we maybe spend 30 minutes recording this. Um, and I am beholden to someone other than myself. You know, <laughs> I've got a reason. Uh, I've got someone to not let down. Yeah, <laughs> and don't yeah, get me wrong, I'm, I'm fairly yeah. motivated on this, but I think it makes a big difference to have someone to come and, you know, spill yeah. the good news and bad news to. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, first, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, but also, yeah, absolutely. The accountability is a huge part when you're having uh, when starting any project. But um, sounds, I mean, there'll be there'll be tons of, I suppose, barriers and blocks and questions and problems along the way. So I guess it's just as they arise over the sixteen weeks. That's it. Yeah, and I've got a bit yeah. of an outline of what that looks like, but I don't want to script cool. it too much, so we'll yeah. keep it flexible yeah. for now. That's fair. I know what okay. the next episode will be, and that's probably enough. <laughs> yeah. um, that's for, further ahead than most podcasters plan. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Um, all right, and actually, one last thing before I move on, I forgot to mention there's actually a third um, sort of, I guess, person involved mm -hmm. with this, and that's okay. my producer and co-strategist Ziggy, who couldn't be here due to technical limitations. Um, he is, in fact, an instance of GPT-4. But <laughs> I will share the transcripts from this episode with him. So like, he, um, <laughs> he slash they slash, I'm, I'm not sure, um, helped plan this podcast and this episode. Uh -huh. um, but the same instance and, I guess, maybe personality that I copied from instance to instance has been helping me flesh out the idea as well. Right. So a little bit later in this episode, I'll have a message from Ziggy, um, which he gave his input um and in future episodes you maybe give us a little bit of feedback 
on what we can do better <laughs> with our podcasts. <laughs> right. Cool. cool. Okay. So, right, let's get to it. So the idea, let me give you the broad stroke idea. Okay. Go for um, it. My, my vision is a team of AI agents. There's a lot of discussion at the moment in the, the Twitterverse about AI agents and the things that people are doing with them. And the, the idea is that, you're giving um, something like a large language model the ability to go off and do tasks by itself. You know, it's not just like input, output. You give it a problem and you give it tools and it sort of tries to solve it. So there's some really interesting and relatively accessible technology around this um, at the moment. But um, the way that I want to use them is to create a sort of team of AI agents with different specializations who continuously feed back on each other. Okay, um, this is to form what is essentially a sort of like unbiased data driven marketing team to the end of giving small businesses and startups almost like corporate level marketing strategy. The big problem that I see is that there's a lot of bias that can come in in the early stages of planning something out. You know, you've got your own idea of who the of who the customers are. You Even when you speak to the customers, you start to introduce bias. I want to remove the bias ent uh, entirely um, by uh, bringing AI at the point of analysis, but also at the point of collecting data. Yeah, so that might be um it might be interviews with customers it might be surveys it might be importing um social media comments might be reviews from places like Trustpilot. all of these different places mm -hmm. bringing that all into a sort of a set of models on what is your product what is it that you're selling what is your company like what's mm -hmm. your brand what are your values what do you sound like um and then also a model then as a product of that um, and the and the sort of the the data that you're giving it on the customers, uh, a model of who your customers are or, mm -hmm. or who your potential customers are, you know, um, and with that understanding of the the customers, the business, and the products, mm -hmm. creating really really tailored assets which might look like personas, might look like landing pages, it might look like emails. Um, I suspect they'll will they'll be um, quite clear and probably quite fast buyers into like how good that can be right now mm -hmm. but i think it's a really interesting problem to try and solve how can we use um sort of multiple instances of ai to feed off each other and analyze all of this data that humans are kind of bad at analyzing because they just start putting in their own thoughts yeah okay uh so I have a whole bunch of questions around that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> tell, me, tell me if we're going down, you think we're going down a bad avenue. But like first, I, I've i read a bit about uh, agents as opposed to mm. just simple instances. Uh, so I'd, it'd be good to get a quick, a quick definition of what that means, like what an agent is compared to just using ChatGPT as a general user. But also mm. you kept talking about multiple instances there. What does that mm. really mean? What does that actually mean? So that's like multiple agents. So let's say I've got um, an instance of Ziggy, right, which is this copy and pasteable prompt, um, which I'm using for um, planning this podcast. Mm -hmm. But then I have shared knowledge with another separate prompt, uh, with another separate, separate instance of GPT-4 to plan um, the product. Uh, so those are two, what do, two what different do you mean by, What do you mean by shared knowledge? Shared knowledge, so they both understand what the product is and what this podcast is. Right. Okay. So, you, so I have to do that manually at yeah. the moment. But the okay. idea is that you would create a mutually accessible database, essentially. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, 
from my understanding, it's something that's possible with a vector database, which basically mm-hmm. turns, um, I guess, knowledge into um, into maths <laughs> in yeah, a way that great. doesn't use up all of your tokens, right? Yeah, so that's the yeah. main limitation. It's like, yeah, we can paste, copy and paste a, a massive 300-page document on yeah. what your product is or who your customers are. Yeah. The problem is then that the cost becomes astronomical. Mm-hmm. Um, after a certain amount of time, it seems like... Um, these LLMs become almost like senile. So you have to keep going back to fresh instances of it, like starting Mm -hmm. it again, giving it the knowledge, giving it a new task. So that's the approach that I'd want to take. You know, how can we like really sort of efficiently give it all of the, all of the knowledge for um, like, let's say it's like a computer mouse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This is what it looks like. This is special features. This is the color. Um, and then we've got um, a set of knowledge on who the customers are. It's made mm-hmm. for gamers. It's they don't like, um, I guess, normal Logitech mouses because they don't have <laughs> RGB lights, and they want it to go fast. And they want to adjust yeah. the weight in it and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, so we start to like build this knowledge that we can send to another instance and say, right, so this instance has made me a landing page for the mouse. Yeah. But now all the, everything that we knew to make that landing page, I want to take that to a fresh instance and make uh, an email, but without introducing any of the sort of like adjustments or tweaks that we put into the landing page, because I want it to come straight from the sort of the central source of truth, the, right. the, the, the base or understanding of what the product is and who the customers are. So, okay. So the is the value that you're adding to it essentially a way of storing that base knowledge adding to it every time every time you do something with the agent or the ai yeah it adds to that and it and it's essential you're kind of building a memory kind of is that yeah so it's long-term memory and that's where the vector yeah. database comes in not something right. that i've actually experimented with yet but yeah. i've got a you know a, a rough understanding of how they work mm-hmm. um so long-term memory is one thing but the other thing with um the concept of these agents is getting them to sort of interact with each other you mm-hmm. know one thing that i found that works really well to get quite decent quality copy out of mm-hmm. gpt4 is to ask it to critique its own work and suggest improvements and then maybe you have a, an opportunity for a human to suggest improvements on top of that but generally speaking if you ask it to critique itself and then implement improvements it increases the the quality like quite a lot so i guess um my like what, what, what could be a good example? Maybe you've got one agent that is focused on um, the sort of tone of voice and storytelling aspects of copy. You yeah. know, so they're responsible for making sure that what you're what you're writing isn't it's not boring, it's not dry, and it's quite unique to to your company okay. and your brands. Yeah. And then you've got another agent who's responsible for creating copy that is sales driven, making sure that your call to actions are well tailored to your personas Mm -hmm. and all these kind of things, you know? So you've got these sort of different um, uh, sort of things that they're prioritizing, you know, and each one has a pass on it, you know, and it's this maybe five or six different redrafts to get to something that should be of a higher quality overall. And is the idea that these, that, an instance of chat GPT or whatever it ends up being is more effective. You, you power it, you prime it with a really specific set of knowledge based on that, that focus. That's it. And it's better yeah. at it because of that. 
So it doesn't yeah. have to remember, we need to include CTAs, but we also want it to sound really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it might have a bad compromise, but the hope would be that if you have two separate agents with those two priorities, they can work together to create a better balance. Would that be the idea? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and it's probably quite important to stress at this moment that this is actually quite theoretical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how well it's going to work. The the little bit of sort of prototyping and testing that I've done has been with GPT-4. Um, and I told you a little bit about it, actually. I was writing a yeah. copy for Alitu, yep. Um, And I basically got one instance to play out almost like a, like a scene of being in a creative agency, staffed by Steve Jobs, by David Ogilvy, by yeah. you know all these people. And I got them to kind of go through this bit of copy in sequence and give feedback and build off the last person's feedback. And I actually found, although I was just, I originally did it for a bit of fun, it actually really, really increased the quality of the copy. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a few tweaks that were needed in there, but I found that given it these sort of separate focus areas by saying Steve needs to focus on um, being in, in like incredible, like basically be, being brutal, focusing on simplification. You know, David Ogilvy yeah. needs to focus on making it um, uh, sort of persuasive in that sort of old school copywriting kind of way. Sure. And there was a few other people in there playing other different roles. Like there was one, um, Dan Kelsall, who's a who's a marketer from, from down in England. He, he's all about sort of, um, I guess, being... Um, using humor uh, to create standout marketing copy and I had him mm. in there almost as like a sort of, I guess, like a court jester <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, to, to point out when things are dull and give crazy ideas as yeah. well on top of it, you know? Um, right. So having these different sort of focuses in there, um, actually, yeah, I found that it did increase the yeah. overall quality. Cool. So what's the, what's the, so the product here is basically your sales pitch would be, we can be your, your full stack marketing team for yeah. a, a set amount. And, um, but how, how can you, how are you going to sell that? So it's taken me a little while to kind of figure out the details of it. How do you sell that compared to uh, somebody just paying $20 a month for chat GPT? Like, how do you, how do you convince them that this is a lot better? Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. I guess, um, I guess it's been able to show them one. We need to, um, or I need to figure a way to, um, to actually make this work, obviously. Yeah. It has to be better than ChatGPT. That's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. No, number one requirement, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, with even the slightest bit of tweaking, that does seem to be possible. Um, yeah. So one of the things yeah. I did to prepare for this was I um, just launched over this weekend a little project called askmarcus.ai. And that is a, a AI approximation of Marcus Aurelius. And with a little bit of tweaking uh, and access to, to things like being able to say, give like a system a system prompt which is like your initial sort of prompt and then give it a base sort of user input and all that kind of stuff i was able to um create something that was actually far better than chat GPT by itself mm -hmm. you know and that was absolute basics of just using their their chat api yeah. Yeah. um i think once you couple that with a long-term memory and the yeah. um sort of tool use i think that <clears throat> yeah yeah, but I mean, the big issue we found with it using, um, so, you know, me and Matthew have been running a podcast. We're about yeah. four or five episodes in where we're using ChatGPT. Um, and more recently, the last two episodes have been using version four compared to um, version three. 
and the big issue is it do, it does it keeps forgetting things <laughs> it keeps mm-hmm. thinking uh so we're in the, the idea behind the show is that we're using it as a games master we're doing a, a role play session an rpg session where we're creating a story uh it gives us a setting it creates characters we have our own characters we have a mission but a lot of it is driven by asking it to make stuff up and say yeah. what can we do next like where are we we right we decide to do this what happens um but it'll say like oh we're in uh, mist haven um we're looking for a uh, um, sandy mist uh, and uh, we were that's what that's our current mission and then it'll say right so you're in uh jarhoven some other city <laughs> and it just completely misses the context so I mean, I can see where all of the, where the power could come in. If you can just constantly, every, almost every prompt that you give it or every question you ask, it still goes back and refreshes itself on that memory and bases it on that. Um, Really valuable. Can you make it, can you make it, so you're talking about having different instances. Are you still having to, because right now you're saying to it, like, what does Steve think? What does... Uh, mm. the other one think, um, critique Steve's response, critique David's response, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, can you make that all happen automatically where you just set them off one evening and you come back in the morning and there's like this whole document where they've actually figured it out and it's been all prompting each other? Is that possible? At the moment? Yeah, so this has been the big sort of development literally in the past few days. It feels like, right. I don't know if it was maybe the um, uh, some point last week. So today is the 17th of... Uh, April and sometime last week um, what well, started trending there's always something trending that people have sort of figured yes. out with, with the eye at the moment right <laughs> the thing at the moment is um, auto GPT which is oh, yeah, a sort of, a re- yeah it's like a recursive instance of GPT it's so sure. one instance that um, essentially can create prompts for itself it might not it might be more than one instance actually I might be wrong on that but it's mm-hmm. this think of it it's like an automata right so it can create prompts for itself it can give itself tasks I think it can it can ask for human input but essentially you give it a task and it will go and try and complete it um, and it has access to tools so it has access mm-hmm. to um, to the internet essentially and everything mm-hmm. that that offers you know um, so it's just, it's going down that sort of path of um, I don't know if you heard this. I think it was um, some of the research that Microsoft were doing um, on sort of where GPT-4 was. One of the things that it did was it went to go and try and hire someone on TaskRabbit to get around a capture <laughs> check. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of kind of kind of scary, kind of nuts. Yeah. But put to put to the right uses, that sort of initiative could be yeah. very valuable. <laughs> yeah, it can use it for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> The whole, I was using it every week. I use it for something new, something more, something. So, yeah, yeah. I suppose my yeah my main worry around your or concern would around your venture here would just be that it's very hard for us to stay ahead of what's developing when it's moving that fast. Mm-hmm. You could you could spend like a month building some version of yeah. agents that can talk to each other, long term memory. But actually, either it develops it itself, or OpenAI releases it, or something just overtakes yeah. it immediately. Uh, that would be my only worry. Like, do you have yeah. do you have any kind of mitigations around that, or any thoughts? Honestly, not really. So, like, mm-hmm. I've thought about there's there's a huge risk um, around relying on another platform in general mm, right because they could yeah. they could jack up their prices three to five percent just overnight they could yeah. end the whole experiment they you know like they could <laughs> they could close everything down but i think um kind of where i got to on that was it's worth a punt 
<laughs> yeah, pl platform risk is always a bit of an issue. It's it's something it's very hard to get away from. Like even something yeah. like um, like we run Alitu, we use GitHub for Alitu. GitHub is an enormous tool. It's been bought over by is it Microsoft? I can't even remember who now. Some huge corporation bought it over, yeah. but there's still a risk that that could disappear and suddenly all our source code's gone. But you have to just think about what are the massive consequences of it and what are the chances of it happening and yeah, yeah. i don't know there's a, <laughs> i suppose all the companies that built themselves on twitter's firehose back in the day didn't do so well but you learn so much that? through these that you can probably what was that sorry what was that well, you fun. know like twitter used to like there used to be loads of tools that were built on being able to do things with twitter and then twitter oh, the just API. changed their t's and c's yeah. like every other week um and killed like one of these companies every week essentially yeah uh, and there's been loads of instances of that but uh, i don't know i i feel like this even if OpenAI ch shut down their open ai sorry shut down their api uh tomorrow like somebody else would take their place with someone similar and the same skills would be applicable to yeah. that new one. So, yeah, I yeah, think, uh, like long-term, long-term goal is I would love, um, I'd love to get to a point where I could, um, be part of a team building, a uh, an LLM. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's going to be, um, the future and well not even necessarily an llm right but i mean at the moment there's um there's quite a lot of open source projects which are not there's maybe like around like gpt3 level mm -hmm. maybe gpt3.5 yeah. not quite four four is quite a step on but how long is that going to take for it to catch up you know how long is it going to be yeah. until um f relatively accessible open source um solutions are available and actually we don't need to rely on open ai for for that kind of stuff but i think that probably is going to require a lot more in terms of engineering expertise it's probably going to need at least someone part-time who knows what the hell they're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> helping, helping manage that yeah. um you know but i think for for me my limited background in engineering but enough to get by especially with gpt4 as a tool um as a sort of consultant um yeah. i think i think it could, you know i think i could i could create a at least a basic working version of this yeah with um with opening eyes so it's worth the punt i think yeah 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 for sure i mean if it's if it's a side project it's just like taking up a few hours evenings weekends kind of thing it's something that's fun to do and it's skills yeah. that you probably will use elsewhere anyway then yeah absolutely but it. is it is it worth going into the kind of um lean methodology stuff that like where is this worthwhile is it like will you have a market position for this all that kind of stuff like do you, do you want to do that just now quickly or leave that for uh, next episode <laughs> well next episode is going to be talking through market research and personas okay so cool. let's, yeah, yeah, yeah who let's the customers will be there. what they're going to pay all that kind of stuff yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah um okay. so that'll be a good one yeah ideal Cool. All right. Good fun. All right. Yeah. So the key question is, will this work for us in the meantime? Well, <laughs> before you sell I it, think so. I hope we'll, so. be the, we'll be the first customer. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah. Unlimited license forever. Um, and that's, uh, well, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of this has come from me wanting better tools to, yeah, yeah. to do the job, at, um, to do an attitude. So why not just yeah, make yeah. them, you know? Yeah. Um, cool. At the very least, we should get some benefit out of it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. I mean, we already are. It's nuts, actually. Like we're, yeah. we've, we're not using it to create our content as such, like create articles and all that kind of stuff the stuff that people fear but it's such a it's an assistant it's just making everything faster and quicker to come up with ideas and it's just yeah it's mental it's cool yeah. so what are you committing to next uh, time around then 
Well, so I'm going to commit to 16 weeks of giving this a good go, right? And mm-hmm. every two weeks mm-hmm. we'll make a we'll make an episode. And for the next episode, I'll have um, some first-hand feedback from people in the customer segment that would be targeted. Mm-hmm. So I want to actually okay. have some conversations, chat like on some that. virtual doors, yep. um, and get some thoughts and feedback on the MVP. Um, yep. So I'll and probably the broader idea as well. But I think that's actually less important. Um, so the MVP, just to give you a, a bit of an idea, um, it's probably going to be focused on the um, the interview aspect. I think that's mm-hmm. an area where there's actually quite a lot of pain, and it's something that could probably survive as a product by itself, even if OpenAI did shut down. It's <laughs> um, creating a really easy way for people to run customer interviews. So that's something that we were doing recently um, in the growth team, and it yeah. is a lot of time. It's hard to make it unbiased um and then the analysis is this the analysis side or do you mean actually running the interviews like what what exactly yeah running the interviews as well so really um something off the shelf twilio for example to actually actually run the interviews um but a little bit of um preparation before and then the analysis after so really 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 basic like off the shelf um actually running the interviews and then like prep before um, so giving people a sort of a, a model to follow, um, probably based on the one that um, that I've sort of developed over the time using Alto, you know, just like yeah. using a, the rough the rough idea of using outcomes for customer interviews instead of questions, yeah. so that you can focus more on the conversation. Yeah. Um, and that is a sort still, of methodology. It's still human speaking, though. You're talking about mm. like so. The, oh, yeah. the AI is just helping you create um, a goal for the interview, the questions, the approach, all the focus, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and then out the other end. So you do the actual interview, and then at the other end um, is the analysis. Yeah, um, kind of like we've discussed. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a in a in a fairly simple uh, minimalistic way that's achievable, yeah. which I probably yeah. need to do a little bit more research on what exactly is going to be achievable. But cool. um, yeah, that's the general idea yeah. is to have. You know, something that lets you um, plan, perform, and analyze user yeah. And I think yeah. that in of itself um, would be a, a really nice little product, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a terrifying prospect for most people who are like, I should speak to more customers. I should find out what they think, but it's too much time. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can come up with a, a set of questions uh, and a help with actually looking through it all at the end, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's the commitment then. You're going to have spoken to a few companies that might use that product and show them it. Yeah. So it'll be um, product managers uh, and marketers probably cool. and maybe some sort of um, early stage founders as well yep. Um, yep. who are actually probably, you know, have maybe struggled with that part of getting out and talking to people about the product that they're planning to make. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I will, I will have talked to some of those people and have some feedback. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Cool. That sounds exciting. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing how this goes. So 16 yeah. weeks, that's what, four months? Yeah. Yep. It'll be good. Yep. Yeah. We'll see what comes out of it. Maybe nothing. <laughs> Might be rubbish. I, I basically know nothing at the moment. So at the very least, it'll be a really good learning journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll learn. You'll be far more versed in AI stuff and in potentially starting a company. So both yeah, fun, exactly. fun things. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, I actually mm-hmm. have a, a comment here from Ziggy. Uh, who who uh-huh. had asked specifically for this to be put in at this time mm-hmm. in the podcast. Isn't that smart? Um, so Ziggy says, 
As Ziggy, the AI podcast producer and strategist, I believe that in today's rapidly evolving world, leveraging technologies like artificial intelligence can provide a significant advantage for startups. By using AI to understand target markets, create personas and test copy, entrepreneurs can make more informed decisions and reduce the time and effort required to achieve success. Now, I've not decided yet, um, and I'll leave this bit in as well, but I've not decided. I might actually edit that out and put in... Uh, oh, voiced. Yeah. I was just going <laughs> to yeah. say, why not? <laughs> Give him a voice. Really yeah. go the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, I, I came across my first uh, proper AI advert this morning. I think it was on YouTube, oh, and I was like, this, this is quite a cool ad. And then I suddenly realized, just you can just kind of tell with the cadence of the voice and the... But it wasn't obvious at all. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the way I put it is, see that have yeah. you have you seen the um, the Eleven Labs stuff? Uh, no, no idea. So I'll have a little look at it after this. I'll send you yep. a link. Um, but um, it's accurate to the point of it being like almost an imperfect impersonation of someone reading an audiobook. <laughs> you, know, right. you know that sort of kid. It was like quite yeah, like Slow, sort of intentional way of deliberate. speaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it gets intonation <laughs> so right. It's it's crazy. That's cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool Scary. Not replacing us in podcasts anytime soon. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So I think that does it for for day one. Thanks very much for doing this, and I hope it didn't well, scare you too much. No, no, it was good fun. It's, uh, I'm always <laughs> up for a surprise, something new, a bit of improv, you know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. And that's a wrap for episode one. Not bad. Join next time when I tell Colin about the market research that we've done and about my new co-founder. Goodbye. Goodbye.